Um, I told a high school chapel one time I was going to be brief, and I got up and made two statements, and then prayed and dismissed. And you know, the funny thing is, I have kids that here 15, 20 years later remember that message, and they remember the two things that were stated. And I thought, you know, sometimes simplicity and brevity is, is the best way to get something across sometimes. I've known preachers that took an hour to say something that could have been said in five minutes, and uh, you tend to lose them somewhere along the way. So we will attempt to be brief this afternoon, not just for the sake of brevity, but for simplicity's sake. All right, Daniel chapter number six. I want to give you four characteristics or four things that ought to characterize our personal walk with the Lord. Four things that ought to characterize our personal walk with the Lord. What is it that ought to characterize it? And uh, some of these I've given to you before. I've got a couple of new ones here uh, for this afternoon that may hopefully will be a help to you. This is a story of Daniel uh, in the lion's den. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture, but there's a couple of key uh, verses in here that have meant so much to me over the years and have encouraged me uh, in a number of ways. Let's begin in verse 1. It says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, <clears throat> which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, and the princes might give that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the princes and princes, uh, prince, presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And boy, that'd be a wonderful thing if it could be said of us in our testimony, wouldn't it? That a wonderful spirit was found in him. This excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the prince, presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever, and the presidents of the kingdom and governors and princes and the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it, may not, that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened into his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree and that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within thirty days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree which thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these things, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king, and said unto the king, Now, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no 
decree nor statute which the king establisheth may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel, and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Father, we pray that you'll take the message this afternoon and seal it to our hearts, and may it be a help to us as we strive to have a life of faith, steadfast and sure, that we would have a walk that would cause us to draw closer to you and to become more mature and to grow in the grace that you've given to us, that the faith that you've imparted to us would be increased each and every day. So, Father, help us and may your Holy Spirit guide and direct our hearts and our thoughts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Four things that should characterize our personal walk with the Lord. I love what is said in verse number 10. When it talks about the fact that Daniel knew that the writing was signed, the Bible says that he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. And I love this phrase. I've got it underlined in my Bible. It says, as he did aforetime. Uh, there are some passages in here regarding Daniel's character that I think are very uh, encouraging, very edifying, sometimes even perhaps convicting if I find that I have come short in some of those areas regarding his personal uh, de uh, devotion to the Lord. This was not something new. For Daniel to pray, to get on his knees three times a day, and to pray to God was not something new to Daniel. It was something that was, uh, he was known for. In fact, so much so that when the princes were trying to find something to accuse him of, they could find nothing to accuse him of unless it had to do with the law of his Lord, uh, of his God. And so they, they found this thing that he did, and they tried to make a law... Uh, and actually succeeded in making a law against him praying uh, each day. Uh, so real quickly, I want to give you four things here that are uh, characteristic of Daniel's uh, walk with the Lord. The first one is his walk with the Lord was personal. His walk with the Lord was personal. I, I fear sometimes on teaching in, in, from the pulpit on us the importance of having our personal walk with the Lord and that being the primary thing. That if we're not careful, we'll get in the mindset that uh, the members of Keith the Heights Baptist Church need to have a walk with the Lord. Now, that statement is true. But more, more important than the, the members of Keith the Heights Baptist Church having a walk with the Lord, a personal walk with the Lord, I need to have that walk with the Lord. I need to focus in on the fact that my walk with the Lord is of utmost priority. Now, this is a point that I've made a, n a number of times here in our church, so I'm not going to belabor this point other than to say that we need to be careful because even those of us who strive to have a personal walk with God will oftentimes uh, think of it in terms of, of corporately. We all need to do this together. And while there's nothing wrong with doing uh, corporate uh, worship and corporate prayer uh, together, there needs to be a personal time where I get alone with God, with this book. I shouldn't have to wait till Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon for us to meet together and to have a message from the Bible. I should have time every single day that I come to this book with the expectation that God is going to speak to my heart. He's going to teach me in truth. He's going to show me some things from this Word. There needs to be a time in my life, and I don't care how old you are, how young you are. We got some, the bakers have some really young kids now, uh, and uh, we've also got people here with white hair, and uh, some that are older than others. Every single one of us, I don't care if you're three years old, three months old, 300 years old, that'd be kind of hard to be. But whatever your age is, we need to make sure this is a priority, that we have a personal 
walk with the Lord. I think we ought to be faithful in church. There's no doubt about that. I think we ought to, we ought to uh, be able to come to the times that the church organizes and has meetings and has, uh, whether it be a revival service or some type of a special meeting. I think we ought to support those things. But more important than all of that is our personal walk with God. Uh, then I want you to notice, uh, not only was his walk with God personal and should our walk with God be personal, but it ought to be made a priority. It ought to be made a priority. I don't know if you realize this or not, but whether you have actively sat down and thought through your priority list of life, all of us have one. You may not always put it down in, in, in bullet point form or write it on a piece of paper, but all of us have priorities in life. And here's how you know what your priorities are. The thing that you spend the most time thinking about and doing is your highest priority. Uh, and then you can slowly go down the list of what's the next thing I spend the most time in thought or in practice of doing. And those are your priorities. Because I found this to be true. We find time to do the things that we want to do. Things that are a priority to us, we find time for them. We don't ever get to the place where we say, well, I just didn't have time to breathe today. Or I didn't have time to eat today. We don't, we don't usually say that. Because those are priorities to us. Um, we, we all have priority lists. And I used to teach, when I was a youth pastor, I used to teach people that they need to be, they need to put God at the top of their list and uh, that he needs to stay up there at the very tip top of the list. And then I, I finally realized something a number of years later that beyond even him being at the top of our list, which obviously goes without saying that, that uh, Christ is to have the preeminence. He's to have that first place in our life, the first claim of our life. But beyond that, I think that when it comes time for our priority list, we need to give God a blank sheet of paper and say, Lord, fill it out for me. Because not only do I want Him to be the top of my list, I want Him to be in control of everything else that's under that in my life. I want Him to have say-so in every other aspect of my priorities. And so it's very important that we make this the priority. It's interesting that Daniel made this a priority in his life. It didn't matter what was going on. The Bible says that he knelt, by his, uh, uh, knelt on his knees and gave thanks to his God three times a day as he did aforetime. It didn't matter what was going on in his life. He made, made the time and the purpose and the place for this. And then, and then he comes to this place where there's a law that's actually written against it with the threat of death as the penalty for disobeying it. Daniel all of a sudden had another choice to make, didn't he? Notice that the Bible never talks about Daniel making this choice. I wonder if it comes back to the principle in Daniel chapter 1, where it tells us that Daniel had purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the king's meat. I wonder this often as I've read this passage. I've wondered this many times. Was there even a decision to be made by Daniel at this point? Or had the decision already been made? Had he made his following after the things of the Lord such a priority in his life that he had long ago settled that it will always be, without exception, yes to God? I love the Old Testament when... God uh, speaks to someone and he calls them by their name. 
And over and over again, you'll find in the Old Testament with these men that God came and spoke to uh, and called them by name, Abraham, or or, it might have been Samuel, that their answer was, here am I. Here am I. In other words, Lord, uh, whatever it is, uh, I'm on board with it. You you haven't even told me yet what it is, but I'm available to you. Whatever it is that you want, here am I. And I I would say this, that when it comes to our personal walk with the Lord, our relationship with Him, I'm not talking about for the purpose of salvation. I'm talking about our daily walk with God. It would do us well to purpose in our hearts that our answer will always be and to make the determination before the circumstance gets here that, Lord, I'm going to follow you. It doesn't matter what crisis comes, even to the point of death. I will always follow you. That's a tough decision to make. It's an easy, well, let me rephrase that. It's an easy decision to make. It's a very difficult one to live. That it takes the priority. I, uh, I never ceased to be amazed, or never did cease to be amazed when I was a youth pastor. We would mention a, a youth revi- revival or rally or maybe going to a youth conference with our young people. And I would ask the young people, or sometimes even their parents would make this statement. I would say, is so-and-so going to the youth conference with us? And I would invariably get an answer, some, something like this. If I don't have something else going on, or I have to go check my schedule. And can I tell you this, that I, I understand that there are things that, um, with family time and, and things like this, that can, can play into some of that, and I tried to understand that as a, as a youth pastor, but I fear that so often we give God the leftovers. We give Him the, the time that we have left over after we have done what we wanted to do. After we have done the priority that we had, now God, what is it that you need? I, I'll come running, I'll spend time with you, but let me first go and bury my father. Or let me first Go and take care of this thing of business, and then I'll come follow you. Do you know that when Jesus had those three men talk with him, and he called one of them, but two of them volunteered and said, Lord, we will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. The problem was not their willingness to to follow him. I think sometimes we read that, we get the mindset, these men weren't real serious about following the Lord. I believe they were. I believe they were sincere about following the Lord. The problem was they were not willing to follow him first. They did not make him a priority. Vitally important. And Daniel certainly is an example of this. And I think it ought to be characteristic of our walk with the Lord. That that time with him takes precedent. Unless it is a physical emergency. If you're in the middle of having a heart attack, don't tell the ambulance, wait ten minutes, I've got to have my prayer time. But short of that, our time with the Lord really needs to take the priority. We need to protect it. We need to make sure that we set some guards around and say, there's nothing that this world's going to do to interfere with this. I'm going to have my time with the Lord. My walk with Him is vitally, vitally important. And then it should be purposeful. It should be purposeful. Look with me in verse number 5. The Bible says, Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of, notice this, his God. 
Can I tell you this, that the purpose of our walk with God ought always to be to point men to Him, our personal testimony. When, it, when we talk about having a personal walk with God and it being purposeful, what is the purpose? What is the reason I do this? So that I can point men to God through my life. That my walk with Him will be such that people will look at it and say, what an amazing God that He has. These men looked at Daniel, were trying to find occasion against him, and they said, we can't find occasion against him unless we find it against the law of his God. He points to the things of his God so much that that's the only way we're going to find a fault against him. I would say this, that Daniel's life was saturated with living for his God. So much so that when people looked at his life, they, they said, there's nothing we can find a fault with unless it's in relation to what he does with his God. Wouldn't it be wonderful if our life could be so entwined and we could walk so closely with the Lord that people would look at us and say, I, I can't even break through that, that wall. They're just so close to the Lord. I, I mean, there's just, it just characterizes them. Our walk with the Lord ought to have a purpose, and the purpose ought to be the closeness the Lord Jesus Christ, to be walking with Him each and every day where people can see it, where people can sense and understand that He is, His presence is very near. I love the song, uh, In the Garden, I, and He walks with me, and you get to that chorus, and He walks with me, and He talks with me. He tells me I am His own. And then the song, Sweet Hour of Prayer, Sweet Hour of Prayer, that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my Father's throne make all my wants and wishes known. In seasons of distress and grief, my soul has often found relief, and oft escaped the tempter's snare by thy return, sweet hour of prayer. I fear in the day we live that we rush into God's presence and we rush out of it. We live in a very instantaneous, self-gratifying world. Everything has to be right now. And, and I'll tell you what, Lord, I've got five minutes ready, go is our mindset. While we may not do it quite that way or say it that way, oftentimes that's how we practice our walk with the Lord. Lord, I've got so much time I can give you today and that's it. There ought to be a purpose to our walk with the Lord. And it ought not to be just to punch a time clock. It ought not to be just to check off our daily devotional checklist. There ought to be a purpose to walk with Him in deep fellowship, in deep harmony, we come to God's presence, it has the priority, and everything else becomes secondary in life. There ought to be a purpose to it. And then lastly, it ought to be profitable. It ought to be profitable. By that I mean this simply, not only is it going to be profitable to you and I, but there ought to be something that comes from it that affects others around us. Notice with me as the king comes down towards the end of this, and we get down to verse number 18. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning, went in haste unto the den of the lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said, unto Dan or said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel, and hath shut the lions' mouths, that they... Uh, have not hurt me for as much as before him. Notice this. Innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. 
Then the king, uh, then was the king exceeding glad for him, and commanded that they should take him, uh, uh, take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. Can I tell you this? That there needs to be something that profits from our walk with the Lord, and if we'll be consistent with it, if the rest of these things that characterize our walk with the Lord will take place, God will show Himself strong, not only to us, but to those around us. It ends up, as we get to the end of this, uh, in verse number 25, the Bible says, Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forevermore, and his kingdom that shall uh, that which that which shall be not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even to unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heavens in heaven and in earth. Who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lion, so this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. And I would say this that had Daniel's testimony, had his walk with the Lord not been personal, if it had not had the priority of his life, if it had not been done on purpose, if it had not had, uh, if it had not been uh, powerful in walking with the Lord, there would have been numbers of dominions of this kingdom that would have never heard of Daniel's God. You say, well, why is it important that my walk with God be personal, that it, that it be purposeful? Why is it so important that it's the priority of my life? Because our, as our walk with God goes, oftentimes, Him working through us to reach others will oftentimes go hand in hand with our walk with Him. We walk with Him more. We, we linger in His presence. We have that close fellowship with Him. There is no doubt that the effectiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit resting upon us will have a work on those around us. A number of years ago, Charles Weigel, I've used this illustration so often before, Charles Weigel went to Pasadena, California for a series of meetings. While he was there one afternoon, he had some free time, and he went to the world-famous rose gardens they have out there. In fact, to this day, they still have, I think they still have the Rose Bowl. Do they still have the Rose Bowl? And uh, the reason for that is they're, they're world-renowned for their roses there. And uh, the whole city is given to it. And so he took some time to go and visit uh, the Rose Gardens that afternoon and got some private time away from the convention and he was at and the conference. Later that evening, as he came back to the conference and was walking in, several people began to ask him how he had liked the Rose Gardens. He had not told anybody that he was going there, and it kind of puzzled him how these people knew that he had gone to the Rose Gardens, and finally after about the third or fourth one, maybe fifth one, uh, he finally asked him, he said, how is it that you know of my affairs from this afternoon? And the person said, because the fragrance of the roses still lingers on you. He said, what is important about my walk with God? Why is that such a priority, Pastor? Because when the disciples had been in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they stood to give an account before men that were accusing them. The Bible says that they took note that they had been with Jesus. Wouldn't it be wonderful if it could be said of you and I, they have been in His presence. They have walked with God today. There's something that lingers on them. 
things that ought to characterize our walk with the Lord. It ought to be personal. Above all, it ought to be personal. It ought to be made the priority of our lives. It ought to be purposeful. And it ought to be productive. It ought to bring about fruit. And I would say this, that if any or all of those four are not part of our walk with the Lord, then we need to work on our walk with the Lord. Vitally important in the day that we live for people to know that there is a God in heaven and the work that He has done in us. Our testimony ought to reflect Him. Our time that we spend talking with others, our speech, our attitude, our conduct ought to reflect Him in every way possible. That they could sense that we have been with Jesus because of how we speak, how we act, how we look. We ought to point men to Christ. Let's stand together and we'll pray. Father, we're so thankful for your word once again, how it instructs and guides us. Lord, I wish oftentimes that there would be enough strength of character, enough determination, enough desire to be diligent and